Hi, my name's Neil McCoy Ward, and I want to welcome you back to the channel again today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be looking at a fairly serious topic. Uh, we're going to be looking at the collapse of retail and how it's getting quicker and quicker and quicker, not just in the West, but in all sorts of countries around the world right now as a result of the initial lockdowns and the ongoing crisis. I'm going to be making some recommendations for governments to follow later in the video. But the main thing to take away is that if there isn't action taken fairly swiftly, fairly soon, this could result in millions of job losses around the world from the retail sector, hospitality, cafes, restaurants, etc. Small business owners in particular will be hit the hardest. If millions of jobs are lost, this will result in a crash in GDP because 70% of all GDP comes from consumer spending. A lot of that comes from small businesses. This would have a knock-on effect. It would cause a double-dip recession. And if you know what happened in previous crises like this, this could even, in a worst-case scenario, cause a depression. So this is definitely a serious topic that needs our attention today. Please remember to click the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't, already and with that let's start off with an example here and uh, let's look at the united kingdom which is always a good example for anything financial retail etc so if we were to go back to the turn of the 18th century you would see around 50,000 small independent retailers or self-employed business owners now of course a very different time period uh, back then where everyone was self-employed the butcher the baker the blacksmith most people did not have a job or if they were they're employed by a small business owner and maybe they had a few employees but it definitely wasn't the way we see it today where the majority of people are employed by large companies now fast forward 100 years from the 17th century and get to the mid 19th century and this 50,000 number turned into about 170,000. So this was 170 now thousand small business owners. And of course this gave rise to the phrase a nation of shopkeepers if you've ever heard that, that expression before. But today if we look at the high street whether that's in Britain or anywhere else in the West you're less likely to see a thriving economy, a thriving high street, and you're a lot more likely to see empty shop fronts, graffiti, uh, vandalized smashed windows, and burned out shops and businesses. Now, why is this? Now, of course, we've had riots and we've had protests and all these other things that have contributed, but I would say that's not the main contribution here. So what has led to the demise of the retail sector? So if you've watched my other videos, I don't think it will come as a surprise to you today that I'm going to focus this video on the COVID crisis, initially with the lockdowns and, of course, the ongoing crisis. Uh, around 18 months now this has been going on uh, with no end in sight. I definitely don't agree with a lot of people who think we're coming to the end of this crisis now. I think this is going to continue on for years yet to come and hence the importance of this information today. But of course, I can't discount one other major contributor to the demise of retail, and that is online businesses. Amazon is a prime example, which made things cheaper. It made it more convenient, easier to search, and they would even deliver it to your door, which is very important 
in the, the climate we find ourselves in. Many people are still too afraid to even leave their home. So of course, the advent of online retail is a godsend to this category of person. But even before the lockdowns and this crisis, online businesses were growing at an exponential rate. And this was taking away a lot of the business from retail, from the high streets, from your local shopping districts. But there's also something really crucial and very important that I'm really surprised most media outlets are not covering. And that is that a lot of the demise of these uh, retail and the larger retail outlets were actually owned, nine out of 10 of them were owned by large private equity firms. Now, why is that so important? Why am I bringing that up? Well, if you think 90%, in most cases, it varies from country to country, of the large collapses where this left the, the government and the taxpayer picking up the bill for all sorts of things. In fact, let me mention a couple of notes here on what the taxpayer had to pick up for. In a recent study looking at the accounts of private equity firms behind 10 of the best-known UK retailers that crashed and burned in the last three years found that Number one, the private equity firms made huge profits from their broader portfolio of investments whilst accumulating huge levels of debt. Number two, they owed millions to the government at the time of the collapse. And of course, the government doesn't have any money. So who pays this bill? It is the taxpayer. Number three, the government, so again, the taxpayer, had to pay millions of pounds to cover staff redundancy payments when it should have been the hedge funds and the private equity funds that should have picked up the bill. There was also the human cost as well, with tens of thousands of jobs being lost. When And again, this is just these 10 firms. When these private equity-owned retailers entered administration or liquidation. So again, we have to raise the question of why are so many of these big businesses disappearing. So you'll have heard me talk about this on other videos, but what these large institutions do is they have a lot of lobbyists, so well-paid lobbyists. They lobby the government and other bodies to get preferential uh, treatments. They're able to take on huge amounts of debt. Often it may be pension funds and things like that. So people's pensions, they take on huge amounts of debt at very, very low interest rates and then they use this money to squeeze out or to expand their business empire or to squeeze out the smaller independent operators who just can't compete with this level of um, headquarters and branding and marketing and sales and, and, and everything else that, that comes along with a large organization like this. And whilst they're taking on this huge amount of debt, what they are not doing is what they should be doing and that is investing it back into staff into their people and also importantly, research and development. If we look at the businesses that are successful over the long run, so over decades and decades, sometimes a hundred years or more, it's because they invest he very heavily into their people and into research and development. Now what's happening uh, as it stands in this current crisis and this, you know, the world we now live in, but even before the crisis started, these large institutions were doing this that what they do is they go in and they cannibalize businesses. All they care about is profit and the bottom line. They don't care about the staff, they don't care about the pension plans, as is evident when these businesses collapse, the pension plans disappear with it. We've seen a lot of big cases of this. The government has to then bail it out, again, the taxpayer. 
these large institutions are causing the death blow of retail as well. Now, a couple more points here. A recent study highlights that small business owner debt has soared to five times higher than uh, before COVID than it is current right now. Shops, cafes, hairdressers, uh, beauty salons, restaurants, they are all battling to survive after the recent lockdowns crippled them. Because remember, these businesses still have to pay the overheads, but they are not getting an income during this period. Hi, if you're enjoying this video so far, can you do me a quick favor? Please click the like button. Why not subscribe if you haven't already? And leave me a comment. What do you think of these large institutions that are cannibalizing the retail sector? Another survey where a number of these small business owners were asked if they could survive another sustained lockdown of two or more months, 80% of them said they would not be able to survive that. They would have to declare bankruptcy. And of course, this is my worry right now. In Australia, so a very large Western country, we're already seeing now another lockdown, this late stage in the crisis. My concern with Australia, especially the retail and the businesses, is if they are not able to get out of this lockdown fairly quickly, this will result in more business collapses. Again, we have to come back to this model. 70% of GDP comes from uh, spending, consumer spending in the economy. So Australia will be the test case for this. They need to be very, very careful. In the UK specifically, a report found that 68,000 small independent retailers have seen their collective debt rise from £250 million to £1.23 billion since the start of the pandemic. Another 56,000 small independent hospitality, so this is just hospitality, firms have increased their debt level from £190 million to £840 million, while borrowings at 20,000 hair and beauty businesses have rocketed from £50 million to 300 million pounds. This is a crisis just bubbling underneath. Think of it like a volcano. Why do volcanoes have vents? To release pressure. But eventually that volcano will erupt. And this is uh, exactly what's gonna happen with retail. Now, I'm using UK examples here just for simplicity, but this really applies to many Western nations around the world. And a couple of calculations that I did myself when looking at this level of debt, if you look at many of the businesses in question here, the profit margin is very small for a number of these smaller businesses. Now, if you're taking on five times the debt level, this will take for some of these businesses at least a minimum of 10 years just to repay this debt. 10 years. How are we gonna get out of this crisis? And what about all of the staff that are constantly self-isolating on an ongoing basis? What about all of the customers that are constantly self-isolating? What if that business doesn't offer an online service or it doesn't offer delivery? Again, these are all the questions that we have to ask. Another survey states, at this rate, at least one third of small businesses globally are now facing default. Uh, going bankrupt, in other words. And this is on top of the millions that already collapsed in 2020 to 2021. And of course, the surveys keep focusing on the businesses and the money and the investment, uh, which is very important. But 
I would say there's one aspect that's even more important than this, and that is the human aspect of it. People are forgetting that these are human beings that own these businesses, that work in these businesses, these jobs. If the jobs go, you're gonna see unemployment or employment scarring on a level like you've never seen before because people will not have money to spend into the economy, which again is 70% of gross domestic product, what you know as GDP. In my opinion, small local businesses are the lifeblood of any economy. They offer specialist knowledge, services, product, and a real uniqueness to any society. I remember recently traveling around, I travel the world quite a lot, even through this crisis, and I couldn't help but notice how so many countries that I visited before are now becoming westernized. And it's difficult to have that unique cultural experience these days as all these large monopolies are taking root around the world. And of course, this adds into another very negative statistic here. And that is for every one pound or dollar or euro spent within a local independent business, between 50 to 70% of that money actually circulates back into the local economy. But when you spend money online or in a large monopoly or corporate business, only 5% of that money actually makes its way back into the local economy. And that's usually from the jobs or it's from the delivery and things like that. But the vast majority of it, so 95% of it, actually leaves that community. In the past, governments accepted that SMEs, small to medium-sized enterprises, were the lifeblood of the economy. It's pretty well documented through numerous economic and financial studies. But now the government seem to be focusing very heavily on the large conglomerates, the monopolies. Now, I'm sure that's something to do with the amount of lobbyists that are pestering them to you know, help out the, the big companies, but the big companies don't really need help. They have access to huge credit lines. It's the small businesses that need the assistance. So let me come on to that. I've made a few notes of what I believe governments can do and communities. So it doesn't just need to be national governments. It can be local governments and councils that can actually help. So let me name a few measures that I've made a note of here. They could start by providing some small grants to the local business. They could forgive some of the debt. And then in terms of the interest rate, they can actually just drop that to 1% or even lower because the central bank creates the money out of thin air. You have to bear that in mind. They create the money out of thin air in the first place. And that is what inflation is. This is why we're having so much inflation because of the creation of all of this money out of thin air. So they could definitely do that, drop the interest rate to 1% for the life of the loan. They could then delay any taxes that are due on the business. They could come up with a payment plan, help them to manage that. They could offer support grants to take on new employees. What about research and development? This is key, it is the lifeblood. Uh, the lifeblood is employees, but second to that is research and development. Without research and development, a business just becomes a zombie company. You have to have that research and development that is constantly going in to improve the business. And finally, and this is really crucial for uh, many Western countries, UK, USA, etc., Canada, the taxes, the business taxes on, on physical location premises are far too high. In the UK, this is called business rates. It's an additional tax 
it is just so high. It can be sometimes 60% of the cost of rent. I mean, these are outrageous figures, far too high for what you get in return for that. Local councils really need to stop seeing the small business owners as cash cows because they're not anymore. They're not making the same sort of profits they used to make in, in the past. Now the, the cash cows really are the big monopolies. These are the ones making the large money and the large fortunes. These solutions are very simple. And while they may be costly in the short term, I assure you the long-term benefits of this will far outweigh the short-term pain that we have to go through over the next few months just to put these um, policies into place. Why? Well, because if we don't put policies into place now, we're gonna see a lot more business collapses. And with more of these business collapses, you're gonna create more employment scarring, and this is gonna reduce the GDP. People are gonna have less money. Look at what happened in the 08 crisis. When the jobs went and the housing market as well, which was a key part of it, that was a lot of the GDP. So of course, GDP dropped and we had all of these issues and it was prolonged. This results in greater wealth disparity, and we're already seeing it on a level that we've never seen before right now, with the billionaire class just in the last 15 months increasing their net worth by $4 trillion. I mean, this is unheard of. And we all know how history uh, teaches us a lesson here. We know how this ends. Unless things are put into place to take care of this right now, we're gonna see some major crises in the future because these things only uh, resolve themselves in two ways, politically with new political policies, or it results in violence and riots. Uh, These are really the only two solutions here. So as I come in to summarize now then, our governments need to take action. Now, we simply don't have the luxury of time and waiting around. And although the mainstream media says that businesses are bouncing back and all the the bars and cafes and restaurants and all these other things are bouncing back, it is simply not 100% true. They are taking a very small amount and, and saying this uh, you know, affects the majority when it really doesn't. I believe we're also overlooking a key season that is coming up, which is the winter season, which is the cold and flu season, which you know, if we look at what happened last year, I think this could be a ticking time bomb for the current crisis that we are currently in. If, if this does cause another crisis, this could result in further lockdowns. I really hope it doesn't, but it could result in further lockdowns, and this could be a real death blow to the economy. Further lockdowns would be absolutely devastating to our economy if they happen later on in this year. We are really only just on the borderline of a recovery or a catastrophe. And history teaches us that when we go into double recessions in such a short space of time, these can often lead to depressions. Consumer spending alone will not be enough to dig us out of this current hole that we find ourselves in. If the government do not take further actions right now, this will result in greater business closures and collapses, not just what we've seen in 2020 and 2021, but it will continue right through to 2022 and 2023. So what can we all do then to help this current situation? Firstly, buy local buy fresh and buy from these local businesses in your area. Remember, these people are part of your community. Support them, they will support you. Buy local. 
only buy from these large monopolies and conglomerates as an absolute last resort where you have no other option. I believe if we follow these principles in the video today, then we will go on to have a much greater success as uh, an economy, as a country, as a world. Um, we need to see less conglomerates and monopolies and more local business owners. Thank you so much for watching today. Again, my name is Neil McCoy Ward. Take care. God bless. I'll see you next time.